Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. what's going on everybody it's chris i have a special interview with you guys and i want to share it's the i was able to catch up with gregory rousseau leading up to the draft after his pro day we touched on a number of subjects that i hope you guys will find interesting i have the full video interview of greg on the youtube channel inside the u you can search for it there but i wanted to make sure you guys could listen to it on the podcast as well so here's my interview with gregory rousseau Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm excited to bring on my next guest for the show, Gregory Rousseau. Greg, what's going on? How's it going, man? Good. I've I've got to imagine this is a very exciting moment for you right now. Um, can Can you talk about draft coming up? Finally, I'm I'm sure you've been waiting for this moment for a while. But what what is this excitement like for you right now? I mean, it's great. You know, it's a blessing from the man above to be where I'm at right now. You know, I'm thankful for all the coaches who've been in my life, the teachers, really just everybody, my family really just super thankful. And right now I'm just taking day by day. I put in a lot of hard work for the moment where I get drafted. I'm just excited to see where I end up. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I've never been, I've never been so excited, but like nervous at the same time. Sure. First off, happy birthday. I know you had a birthday earlier, just turned Thank 21. So congratulations on that. Um, and Greg, you're going to, you're planning on being there, right? A draft day. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you expect that to be like? And you just touched on a little bit, this isn't just a day for, for you. Um, it's your family. It's all the people, you know, your fans, supporters, trainers, coaches. I, yeah. I know you feel that. Um, what do you expect that day to be like? Uh, I expect it to be amazing. You know, um, just being able to go to the draft and experience it. And like, it's, it's just iconic. You know, I feel like it's going to be a great day for my family. I feel like it, it helps. It's it like, it reaches everybody, even like university of Miami. I, I don't remember the last time we had somebody at a draft. So I feel like that's cool to be able to like have the opportunity to go and represent University of Miami, my high school, my little league team, really just everybody who's helped me out and who's gotten me further in this journey. Can you talk about what the workout process has been like for you? And for people that don't know, you know, obviously Greg, you opted out of the season and you go to Pensacola for workouts there. Can you just take me through what the workouts have been like, you know, from, you know, I remember last summer, you know, before, you know, before you had opted out, you know, a lot of training in South Florida. I remember you hitting the heavy bag with some boxing workouts as well. Just yeah. can you explain what the, what the workouts have been like over the, these last few months or several months? Yeah, well, they've been great. You know, I've really been pushing myself. been doing a lot of D-line work, trying to get better at my hand quickness and also my get off off the line of scrimmage. So really just trying to improve my game in every single way possible. And the workouts have been, of course, like the 40 stuff and the shuttle all that and bench we do a lot of that stuff but also for me at least a lot of football stuff a lot of like football iq uh chop talks so just learning like different nfl protections just different terminologies that are used in the nfl so just trying to bring my my game to the next level and also bring my mind to the next level as well because i feel like 
a lot of the game is mental and the the better you are in the mental aspect of it, it can really it can really increase just it can really help out the way you play on the physical side of it because you have a beat on what the offense is doing or you, you know what, what their tendencies are, you know. So I feel like that goes along with so I've been watching a lot of film and also I, I just been going day by day, you know, just making sure I'm always getting one percent better and I'm always improving in, in something, whether it's as a football player or even as a person sometimes. What what is your daily routine like, Greg? Um, or what has it been like? And, and maybe things have changed the, the last few months as, as you got ready for pro day and, and you're testing there, but, you know, maybe walk me through like, you know, typical day for you, you know, with your workouts, I assume you're yeah. doing stuff kind of throughout the day and you touched on some film stuff. How do you fit that in as well? Yeah. So I usually watch film like later in the day, like at night, unless I'm watching like with a coach. So like when I opted out, I worked with Fred Robbins, the D-line coach and also Chuck Smith from Atlanta. I work with them and I'll do a lot of that stuff like at the Excellence facility. But now I just really just do it on my own. I watch like NFL pass rushers and stuff at night. Um, but during the day, usually I have like a field session and a lifting session. And I do those pretty much like back to back. I'm training at Pete Ball Maritos and Davey. And the field session will be like multi-directional stuff, maybe linear. So different days or maybe it's football stuff. And then the lift just rotates between upper and lower body. But it's pretty much a busy day because then I come home. And I usually have like a couple interviews, like with teams and stuff like that. And that's what I want to get into also. And I know this process for you, just very time consuming. Like I said, the workouts, there's a lot that goes into it for a draft prospect. And just yeah. once again, appreciate you jumping on, uh, taking your time to do this. The interview process, Greg, what has this been like for you? And I'm, you know, I, I assume it's a lot of it, similar questions, same questions from team to team. Just what has that process been like for you? And, um, you know, how, how have you felt like you've handled that? Yeah, I think I've done solid. They ask a lot of questions, whether it's like telling you, I mean, telling them about your background or telling them about your football IQ. So they'll ask, sometimes they'll even like go over their scheme with you and they want you to like recite it back to them and like, and pretty much tell them what you understood from it and what you remember. So there's a lot of different ways that interview, but they've been fun. Some of them have been more challenging than others, but I've definitely been learning with, with each and every one and just getting better at them with each and every interview. Has there been some questions that have been interesting or maybe uh, that made you think a little bit more? You don't have to say the team or anything, but just maybe yeah. some like some odd questions. Give you one team, for example, they were like, it had a category. And you know those like, you know those slogans for teams? Like Carolina would be like, keep pounding. And they had like a little Jeopardy game and like you could pick a category and theirs was like their, their little team slogan thing. And then they had like, they were asking questions like, who was a, who's the Eagles or like the Raiders. I'm just throwing out random teams. I'll just give you an example. Who's the, who's the Dolphins sack leader, like things like that. And they'd want you to like know it. And then like, if you got it wrong, they'd be like, eh, you don't know your stuff. So, like it was really, there were some weird interviews for sure. And some, some teams will show like good plays of your tape and be like, oh yeah, we like what you did here. We kind of, we can see you doing this in our scheme, but some teams will pick like the worst plays you got. And they'll show those and be like, man, what are you doing here? You look like you're on the beach. Like, you look like you're just relaxing. So, like, there's a whole bunch of different interviewers. But it's been a fun process, though, like, in, in all. One of the things I saw that you tweeted recently was that you can't wait to wake these people up. Yeah. And I was curious, and Greg, I'm just guessing from your stand, you know, just looking at it from your standpoint with, yeah. with your whole career, really, you know, you've been a guy that was not highly regarded coming out of high school, you know, coming to UM or even now being doubted. And I think as an athlete like yourself, I would assume that one of the big things that you're like, okay, say what you want about me, regardless, I'm just going to go show 
what I can do and I'll just prove myself on the field. I assume that statement has to do a little bit with, you know, I, I assume you're either frustrated or just you're, you're ready. Like it seems like yeah. you're ready to be on the field. Um, yeah. Where did that statement kind of come from and, and maybe the thought process behind it and how you're feeling about everything? Yeah. Really just like, like, miss, like missing the year opting out. Like, I guess it had the effects of just people like forgetting about me. And I guess it's like, maybe like dissecting me hard and being like, Oh, he only has this much, this, this much film, this and that. So they just really just find all negatives on me. But I feel like, I feel like I'm a real solid player and I just can't wait to show that honestly. And I, I just missed the game. You know, I missed the competitive, the competitive part of the game and I'm ready just to get back to that and just prove people wrong. Cause like I said, a lot of people are doubting me saying like, Oh, he's not going to make it this and that. Like he's going to be a bust just cause like, I guess cause like maybe I'm not as fresh in their minds as other players in draft cause I opted out. So I don't know, but I'm just ready to prove people wrong regardless of whatever, um, whatever happens. I'm going to make sure when I get to my team where whoever picks me, ever believes in me, I'm going to give them my all. I'm going to pour everything into it. I'm going to go hard every day and I'm going to get better. And like you said, just like in Miami, before I got to Miami, I was like a three-star. Wasn't really expected to do much. Like I, look, I was looked at as, as like a project, not by the coaches, but just by like, I guess like fans, I guess, or just like, you know, people just looking from the outside in. But I went there and proved a lot of people wrong too. So I'm ready to do that again. And one of the things that stands out to me with that, and, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of people dissecting your game and, and maybe coaches, everybody really, there's two things that stand out to me about you just from covering you and from high school, you know, UM, just two things that stand out and also talking to, to your teammates, you know, humility, something you really have and your work ethic. And I feel yeah. like almost because of maybe just opting out, maybe people put different labels on you and it felt like um, at times unfair, frankly. I, I want to talk about that humility and work ethic growing up where, where would you say both of those things kind of come from? Um, and I know, you know, a little bit about your family background and things like that, but can you speak on those two things and mm -hmm. um, maybe kind of where they come from? I'd say definitely like my parents, you know, but, but also my, also my brothers too, you know, we're all just hardworking, you know, we just put our head down work. We're not the cocky type, you know, we pretty much just go out there and, and we just, we just take, take, like basically we go out there like we're just go-getters, you know. We nothing's really was ever handed down to anybody in my family, any of my brothers. We just go out there and just work for it. So that's just really just our attitude, like just head down, keep on working, keep on pushing. That's just that's just how we are. I've never been the type, even when I have like a good game, I've never been the type to like be like, oh, I'm I'm the best. Like, like uh I'm just I'm just not the type. A lot of players they get full of themselves, but it's just it's never been me. You no, know? it's always been like, all right, next game, you know, like next practice, like just keep on pushing. That's just how I am, you know. And so, so family, you know, parents from Haiti. And one of the things I know about uh, the Haitian community, the pride in the food, um, you know, I, I've been to little Haiti, shout out to West, you know, I had the, you know, the, the, the Haitian bread. Um, yeah. Haitian bread. And the, it's lights out. Uh, Haitian, yeah. the patties. The patties um, inc yeah. yeah. Incredible. Uh, can you speak on that? The, the food yeah, and I'll, maybe the community. I literally, I was just eating Haitian bread like 20, 30 minutes ago when I got home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has to be fresh. Yeah, it has to be fresh. Yeah, straight from straight from the bakery. But yeah, the community is awesome down here. There's a lot of there's a lot of Haitian people over here. You know, uh, and basically, I think it just comes from the culture. Pretty much, a lot of them are just hardworking. A lot of them are immigrants. You know, they never had anything handed to them, so they just know about just putting their head down and just and just being like I said, being go getters at all times because nobody's gonna give you nothing. Nobody's there's no handouts. So I'm like, you gotta go get it, and you gotta just keep on working, and of course, stay humble. And just kind of doing some research on you about your background, um, you know, just kind of reading that, you know, 
reading books, great, good grades, those kind of things were, were important to you growing up. Um, yeah. Can you speak on that maybe a little bit more, Greg, about just what it was like growing up and maybe uh, as a young, uh, you know, just a, as a young person kind of growing up, maybe some things that were important yeah. for your family? Yeah, I'd say my mom was big on academics and stuff. She was always pushing us in academics. And I would be like, I'd be like, I'd come home and be like, mom, like when I got offered my me, I was like, mom, I got an offer from UM, like Coach Rick offered me. And then she was like, she was like, it doesn't matter. You still got to pass your SAT. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, that's not even a problem. But that's just the way they see it. They're big on like reading books every day, just getting smarter, uh, really just gaining knowledge. Now, of course, my mom knows more about the whole football side of things. And she always did, but she was just always like, you know, you got to have something to fall back on. You got to have your academics on the part. You got to graduate. So I'm like, like right now, even I'm still at um, doing, taking classes on Zoom at UM to like work towards graduating. I'm probably going to graduate probably like next year or the year after that in the off season. Another thing that uh, I found out, you know, just from, from reading, learning more about yourself, about growing up, I want to know if you could tell me about this game here. Uh, <laughs> Madden 2005. Uh, and can you just explain that game? And then also, um, you know, just your, your football stuff. I, I felt like it sounds like you learned a lot from that. Can yeah. you speak on that? Definitely. Like, like basically, uh, my brother bought that game you know, when I was a little kid. And then, like, I just fell in love with it. I was like, bro, this is so fun. Like, this is awesome. I started learning our players from Mike Vick to Steve Smith, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, just all the, all the players that were in the league. I started learning them. And I just fell in love with, I just fell in love with the sport. I started playing, like, the, a couple months after I, after I saw the game being played. And I, just, I, fell, I fell in love with the game, too. I started playing in pads when I was, like, seven or eight years old. But yeah, pretty much before I started playing pads, I already knew what a post route was. I knew what cover two was. I knew what a running back counter was just from playing the game like all day long and just learning like the different coverages, all that stuff. So I've been ever since then, I've been like a football junkie. I'm I'm grateful my brother bought that game because I don't know if I wouldn't play football without it. And and with that and having a brother and anybody that's played video games and obviously on the channel, I've spoken quite a bit doing some video game features on here. But what were what were some of those battles like um, just with, with friends or, or your brothers kind of growing up or anything you remember uh, of playing games there? Uh, it was it was awesome. I used to play with my friends in the neighborhood. Me and my brothers used to have like franchise mode and we would we'd get a team. We'd go at it all season long and hopefully playing the Super Bowl. So I had a lot of fun with that. We even played NCAA back then, too. And with that, we'd have, like, a dynasty mode where you could build up your dynasty and recruit kids. It was just awesome. Like, that that game, it made me fall in love with football from such a young age. Like, I, I don't remember – I barely remember a time where, like, football wasn't part of me. Like, football is just, like, ever since I could remember, it's just been football, football, football for me. You know, like, like playing Madden is one of my first memories. And just kind of moving on with your career. So start at Coconut Creek and – I was curious about what was shopping at um, for people that don't know. It's a, it's a very small school. And I want you to touch on that. I've, I've been in there and I don't think people quite realize how small it is. So I want you to explain that, but also um, Greg the, getting to shopping, you know, just the, the, the bus, you know, the rides to, you yeah. know, it wasn't close, you know, just what it was like maybe traveling to school each day, what that was like. And then also, you know, the, your progression as you get into your later years in high school. Yeah. Well, I started off at Monarch, and at Monarch, I played a little bit of DN, and I also played receiver, and then I transferred to Shopee after my sophomore season, so like January of my sophomore year, and to get there, I had to take the tri-rail, it runs like near I-95, I took that to the Metro Rail in Miami, the same Metro that's near UM, and I would take that to like Hialeah Station, get off there, and I'd walk like five minutes to the school, so 
that was a process every morning. I had to wake up at like 4.45 every single day. So it was definitely a sacrifice. But I wanted to, you know, help a team win states. And that's that's what we did. My senior year, we won states. So, you know, God is good. It paid off. So that was that was pretty awesome. It was a great experience. But when it comes to my progression, I was I was I was super skinny when I got to Champlain. I was like 200 pounds, like 6'5, maybe 6'6. Six, six. And I just I hit the weight room real hard for sure. By the time I got to Miami, I was about two probably 217, 218. But yeah, I just put, I put the work in for sure. I my junior year I played a lot of receiver and safety, but then my senior year I transitioned more to playing defensive end, outside backer, but also still play receiver. But really just grew every year, every year got more coordinated, grew into my body more, and just became a better player like year in and year out. And also big credit to Coach Dennis who recruited me there. He's he runs Florida Fire. Of course you probably know that, but for people listening, he runs Florida Fire. He's a Great, great high school coach down here. I think he stopped coaching. He stopped coaching Champlain out, but he still runs Florida Fire though now. Uh, for people that don't know, and a lot of people do know your story about the wide receiver safety thing, switching to defensive end, but I have a question about that. And I, I remember seeing you play uh, receiver safety. Uh, I remember going to a game you played at, at Gulliver. Yeah. Look, a, a lot of, a lot with football, a lot of people might say, oh man, if you switched him to this position, he'd be really good at that. But I remember you being a good receiver a lot, a lot of people that that have size like yourself want to be the next Sean Taylor. Yeah. I, I guess my question is, and I know Manny Diaz had something to do with this. Maybe that'll, um, maybe that'll be your answer. But why did you feel like, yes, I'll, I'll go ahead and try this defensive end thing. Um, I'll make that transition because it's not, you know, if you're playing receiver, you're catching touchdowns, you know, Moss and people and things like that. What made you feel like, yeah, I'll go ahead and make this decision because coaches can kind of, you know, push you in one way, but the players got to, you know, go ahead with it. I'm just kind of curious yeah. about that process. What do you remember about that? I'd say definitely. I mean, I had a couple of offers. I had like Indiana, NC State, West Virginia for receiver. But like, I got Miami for Dean and then Coach Diaz like sat me down. He was like, yeah, man, I coached Manny Lawson at NC State like uh, in like 06, that that time when, when Coach Todd Stroud was there as well. So he told me that, that I reminded him of Manny Lawson and how he played receiver too and made a transition to defensive end and how I could use my athleticism to really like, to my advantage, you know, like working on the D-line against O-linemen who are all obviously not as athletic. So Coach Diaz sat me down. He compared me to him. He showed me film of, like, the Viper position, said, like, that it drops 25% of the time and rushes 75 So I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I can still drop sometimes, just like I used to do in high school. So I felt like that was pretty cool. And he really just really drew that comparison for me. And when he did that, my mind just opened up to it. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely – sounds like a plan to me. And, and, I mean, thank God he told me that. I don't know. I could I could be I could have been could have been playing receiver like at Iowa State right now or something still in college but it worked out playing DN I mean it was a great great move and I'm really thankful that he he convinced me to to switch and I mean hopefully it keeps on paying off you know sure and uh, we certainly we talked about it earlier you know not a highly regarded recruit but when yeah. you got to UM Greg I, I remember you enrolled early and for people you know Greg was the first person from Champagnat to graduate early really putting in that work. Yeah. So you get to UM in 2018, and look, we're, it's closed scrimmages quite a bit, but we kept getting the stats, and we kept hearing, you know, Greg, three or four sacks every scrimmage yeah. your first year right when you got there. So this whole recruiting ranking, and regardless of how the sacks happened or whatever was going on, it felt like every time you were producing at a really high level, what do you remember about when you first got to UM? And, and maybe even that January just kind of enrolling yeah. Um, maybe even before practices started and maybe your mentality when you first got to UM. My mentality was like, was like, I know, I know what I could be. You know, I played DN in the past, so I knew had potential at it. 
And my my mentality was to go out there and compete, you know, day in and day out, whether it's lifting in the weight room, whether it's conditioning, Matt drills, just go out there and just be the best Greg that I could be and work as hard as possible and it'll pay off. So that's exactly what I did. I remember my first practice on Green Tree. Uh, I, I, I came around the edge and I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, this is pretty tough. Like these, the O-linemen are a lot better for sure. But at the same time, I was like, but, but like, it's not as hard as I imagined it to be, you know? And I just, every single day we got in pads, I got better and better. And I was, the thing about me, even though I played receiver and like safety and stuff, I was never like shy, shying away from contact. I was always a physical player. So I didn't have a problem with like being in the trenches and stuff like that. But like every day it just got easier and easier. I, I learned a lot. I remember I used to always talk to Jonathan Garvin. He taught me the playbook. He, he was telling me, he was teaching me moves. I used this two-hand swipe with a rip. Like, he was really just putting me on game for sure and just getting me better every single day. Also, I was learning from Joe Jackson. So I, I had a really uh, a really nice DM group that was that I was able to, like, learn under. And Coach Simpson, it was his first year, and he was amazing. Coach Simpson taught me so much uh, as a young guy. So like, I started learning the scheme, and, I, like, and then, like, I just kept getting better and better. Scrimmage just came. The first one, I got, like, four sacks, and I was like, man, this is, like – I was like, this is taking like this is like taking candy from a baby <laughs> at that point. But like, obviously, it wasn't that easy. But I mean, things were just clicking for me, you know. Like, I, my hard work was paying off. I was learning the scheme, getting better, getting better at my techniques and stuff like that. And I just kept on, kept on getting better, scrimmage by scrimmage. Had a solid spring, and then obviously after that, I got hurt, and then had to bounce back from that. Maybe it was during that time. It's got to be very rewarding for an athlete to feel like you're learning and not just soaking in information, but applying it on the field and getting results. That whole process has to be very rewarding for an athlete. Did you feel like, was it that spring or maybe it wasn't until later where you felt like you could be a really big imp- high impact player at college? When, when did you feel like that you could uh, to be that high, high level player? Yeah, I definitely feel like it was that spring for sure. Especially like towards the middle, toward the middle end of it. I mean, just my, like, I just, things started clicking more and more. I started learning the scheme. And it's, I was, like I said, I was getting better every single day. And I was like, yeah, man, I could really do this. I, and I really started believing in myself at that point. That year, you, you know, played a little bit that first year. That, yeah. Then you get a whole, essentially a whole year of not playing. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of similar to what you're doing now. You've been through this um, for different situations. But you come into 2019. Did you feel like you had a lot to still prove, um, either picking up yeah. from where you left off, and obviously, you know, for people that don't know, you didn't start, you weren't a, a full-time starter and it wasn't even your, like you were getting a ton of reps. You know, I think it was, if I were to guess like around 20 kind of uh, the beginning of that season. So 2019, can you take me through that? What your, your mentality was heading into that year um, and felt like, I assume you felt like you had to prove yourself again. Yeah. My mentality was like, like, yeah, I got like, I had a good spring, but that doesn't really matter. You know, like, and then I got hurt. In 2018, I had another good spring. 2019, I was like, yeah, but like, I was like, it's cool, but I was like, I don't want to be known for a player that has good springs and then doesn't do nothing in the season. So I was like, motivated, probably the most motivated I've ever been, besides from right now. Like, I was super, I was super locked in. I was like, yeah, man, I got a lot to prove, got to prove myself. And basically, I wasn't starting at first. I was, I was like a rotational player, and I was on the uh, third down package. So I like like the first game I had like 14 snaps, but like my mentality was like basically let me just make the most out of every single snap that I'm on the field for, and let me just I'm gonna just get the most bang for my buck and just go go hard at all times. So that's what I did, you know. Uh, and then eventually, I think it was like week week five week five, and I was like leading the team in sacks, and I only played like 80 snaps in total, you know. So I was like 
So I was like, let me just keep, let me just keep this going. I was like, my mindset was like, let me keep on getting better. Let me not stall out. I don't want to be, like I said, I don't want to be somebody who's just good for this amount of time and then levels off. So I was like, yeah, I had, a, I had a good start the season. Let me just keep on going. And then coach, and then before Virginia game, coach Stroud told me that we're going to have a competition and then had a competition. I ended up starting. And from that point on, I just took off. Greg, were you discouraged at all with your playing time? And it's very common for obviously for players to do that. Look, you're producing and the snaps weren't always there. Were you discouraged or were you just, I just was kind of curious about your, yeah. um, how you handled that because it, it can't be easy for like everybody wants more playing time. So I was yeah. curious how you kind of handled that. Uh, I feel like I handled it uh, really well. You know, I mean, like at the end of the day, you can only do so much in practice. You can only go as hard as possible and be the best player you can be. But like at the end of the day, it's the coach's decision. So I, my mindset was like, I wasn't mad at the coaches or, or salty or anything like that. Everybody around me was like, yeah, you should be starting, bro. You should be starting. But I knew there was like still things in my game that I had to clean up. I made, I made like, I'd still make a few mistakes, like young, young guy mistakes in the beginning of the season, but like I cut that out and that's also what helped me become a starter. So I was really just like, let me just keep on working. Let me just keep on working, keep, keep my head down, not complain. I'm not really the type to go to the coach and be like, oh, I got, I did this, I did that. I should be starting this and that. It's just not in my nature. So I was like, let me just keep my head down, keep on working. And eventually I was blessed to get a chance to start against Virginia. And you, you know, played well against Virginia, played well against Pitt. I remember that one, but yeah. the Florida state game was that, that, that huge breakout game for you yeah. uh, on a national level, national defensive player of the, of the week, ACC defensive player of the week, um, yeah. eight tackles, five for loss, four sacks, and I and I've heard you talk about that game. I know you felt extra motivation, but what do you remember about leading up to that game? Um, and obviously, it's a huge, it's the biggest rivalry um, game before Miami yeah. on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, leading up to that game, man, I was so so damn excited. Like I was like in the locker room, we had these TVs, and they'd be playing like like old highlights, and like there was like Santana Moss like <laughs> running down the sideline, and Sean Taylor getting that pick. Uh, in the rain or a fumble or something like he, I think no, I think it was interception. He like jumped up and then like dived in the end zone. So I'm like, I'm watching all that the whole week. I'm just getting hyped. They're playing, they're playing the uh, the Seminole War Chant at practice. So I was like, I was just super hyped and like, I was like, man, I'm really about to play and and start in Florida versus, I mean, Florida State versus Miami. So I was just, I was like elated, honestly. And like before the game, I was like super nervous. I came out, I saw the crowd doing the the whole like <laughs> the whole chop, and I was like, man, it's like this is crazy. The first couple plays, I was nervous. And then, like, after, like, I think uh, I think it was, like, after a few – maybe after three, four, five plays, I think, I got a sack of Hornsbrook, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is easy. Like, I'm about to take off. So, from that point on, I, I knew I was going to dominate. I knew I was going to dominate the whole time, but definitely, you know, like, some games, big games, you might get, like, that first win. You get a little bit, like, tired, and you just feel, like, a little weird because, like, it's just – it's a big moment. So, I was just nervous at first, but it went away real quick. And, yeah. and then um, – and, and finished – uh, with a, with a good season, it wasn't just you know one game kind of here and there, fifteen yeah. and a half sacks. You come into twenty twenty and you decide to opt out in that decision. I, I, what was it like um, for you? You know, just this twenty twenty season watching. I'm sure um, in your head, it, you've had to have gone back and forth, and just not being you know not playing it had to have been difficult. What what was this season like for you? Uh, I mean, it was it was tough for sure. Just not not having that competitive like feel on Saturdays, you know, but also just missing my teammates, not being on plane rounds or plane rides or bus rides with the guys. That part hurt, but at the whole time I was still rooting for my teammates, you know, I was still watching from a distance, just hoping, hoping that they keep on balling out and hoping that they prosper. And obviously a lot of players had great years like Jalen, Quincy, 
you know. So it was, it was real fun to watch those guys ball out, especially the guys on the D-line. So I was super proud of them, super happy for them. But it was definitely not as fun tr- being, like, just training and not playing in a, like, a competitive atmosphere. How did you watch the games? Did you, did you watch them? Where were you at? Or what was kind of game day like for you? Uh, I'd be at home. Saturday would be my day off. So I'd be at home and I'll just put on ACC Network because I got YouTube TV. So I put on ACC Network or ESPN when they're playing in their big games like Clemson and Florida State. You touched on it earlier. Just kind of going back, just getting back on the field, Greg, you've got to be excited about that um, moving forward with, with mini camps and, and rookie and stuff like that. Just getting on a team. I'm sure yeah. in your head you've in your head, you've visualized what it's like, oh, if I play at this team or the next team, I'm sure. Uh, just how excited are you to be back on the field? I mean, I can't wait. I mean, I really just missed it, you know, and I'm just ready to get back out there and start competing and start getting better every single day and really just embrace whatever team accepts me, whatever team grasps me. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how your career progresses and how it yeah. goes. And I know you got a lot of fans at UM, people growing up in Miami, everybody rooting for you. Before I get you out of here, uh, I yeah. know you're, my, my understanding, you're a big music guy. Um, just kind of, what are you listening to lately? Maybe some people. And then also, do you have a pregame routine with, with music, anything like that? Yeah. Well, I'd say like with music, I'm real like, just like multi. I'm like with everybody. So I like play Bacardi, Travis Scott, Young Thug. And before the game, that's my thing. Just listening to music. I'll be stretching. I'm always stretching. Always listening to music and always drinking a Pedialyte before the game. So that's just me. It's just part of me. And I mean, it, it is, it just puts me in the zone, you know? Yeah, definitely. So once again, Greg, um, I, I definitely appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a busy schedule, and I'm sure a lot of people are excited to see how it ends up with, with whatever team you, you get on there. So definitely best of luck. Be watching uh, for the draft. And uh, thanks again, man. For sure, for sure. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yep, all good. We'll see you, Greg. Yes, sir. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.